Well, guess who's keeping kids in cages at the Mexican border? Yeah, the same cages that Trump used, which were the same cages, by the way, that Obama had created. And now suddenly, once again, the media, the media didn't mind when Obama did it. Media doesn't mind now. That's really bizarre. All of that's coming up. Coca-Cola, the Coca-Cola company, they want their employees to be less white. They're, they're white employees. They want them to be less white. You cannot make this stuff up. Coca-Cola held an anti-racism training course for its employees, an anti-racism course. Don't you love Remember, Starbucks did that. Don't you love it when these companies hold anti-racism courses? All it is is racism. All it does is espouse and preach racism. So they were training employees ostensibly to be less racist. Guess what employees were told? These are Coca-Cola employees. In order to combat discrimination, in order to combat racism, you got to be less white. There are literally photos that were shared on social media, pictures of this online training course, and the slides had tips. Uh, Listen to these tips. I'm going to quote you verbatim. How to be less white. You know, this is something we could all learn from anybody listening who, like myself, is white. You know, these are, le- how do you be less white? I wouldn't even know how to be less white. Well, it turns out, I mean, obviously, the, you know, there's the makeup option. <laughs> so I can't believe we're having this conversation. But here's a direct quote. The slide said, I saw screenshots of this, to be less white is to be less arrogant, to be less defensive, to be more humble, listen, believe, break with apathy, break with white solidarity. I don't even know what these things mean. But it says, quote, in the U.S., White people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it is better to be white, end quote. So that's a quote from Coca-Cola's training. You need to be less white. So how do you be less white? Well, be less certain because white people are certain. What, what does that even mean? Be more humble. Listen. So, so being white, what, what is it saying inherently? Being white is a bad thing. You need to feel if you are white. You need to, if, what are you supposed to do if you're white? See, the premise here is, and we've heard this again and again from all these athletes and from all these politically correct people, celebrities, the, 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 the being white is inherently bad. If you are white, then you're, you're, you're superior. You're, you're, you, you, you pretend to be superior. You think you're superior. You're supremacist. You look down on minorities. So by definition, you're flawed. So the only way to get rid of that flaw, you have to feel really guilty and apologize all the time. Just to go around to every black person you see, I'm sorry. You're sorry for what? For being white. I am sorry for being white. That's what it is. Because if you don't feel guilty and if you're not constantly remorseful, then you're just this evil white supremacist. Then you're a Trump Trump person. It's like one or the other. So what does this do? This nonsense, this gibberish, this, this drivel, it, it, this encourages racism it's inherently racist i walk around i do not pay attention to race it is not on my radar i literally mean this i walk into stores i'm i i see people of various races different you know religions etc different colors i'm not even looking at skin color it doesn't make one shred of difference to me i'm looking at the content of their character as as martin luther king himself said that's really i just it just doesn't even you know that's just not how i'm wired i'm just not wired that way to like notice oh well that person's black that person's hispanic I'm going to look at them differently, maybe because growing up I was exposed to a, a lot of different minorities. And, you know, my parents, you know, they, they, they were people they worked with. I would, you know, uh, socialize with them. Not, you know, I'm not saying formally socialize, but you get my point. I talk to them a lot. So it just doesn't even dawn on me. These liberals, they're obsessed with racism. They judge everything and everyone by their skin color. And then they label us the racist because we're because we're right. Remember Joe Biden with that quote? What, what, what do you say? Poor kids 
are as smart, are as smart and as bright as white kids. Talk about racist. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is keeping kids in, in, in cages at the Mexican border. Only now the cages, they're just facilities now. Now they're just facilities. Under Obama, they were facilities. Under Trump, they're cages. And now these hypocritical Democrats, they are back to being called facilities or whatever other euphemistic term you can use. But remember, Trump, this was not just like a minor issue with Trump. This was like Trump is a monster. What What is like this was like the poster issue like this was the central theme. Why is Trump so evil? Well, one of the big reasons is because of how he treats treats kids at the Mexican border. So remember, by the way, that uh, when, when they accused Trump of keep, keeping kids in cages, they showed these pictures all over social media and all over television uh, of kids in cages at the southern border. Oh, wait a second. Somebody actually looked up the date of the pictures. They were for 2015. They're Obama. They're pictures of Obama keeping kids in cages. Let's delete those tweets very quickly. And and suddenly they're called chain link fences. They're not called they're not called uh, cages anymore. Well, there's one person who's not. And Jen Psaki, press secretary, was asked about this policy where, where they're using the same exact facilities that Trump was considered a monster for using. And uh, you know she gave, of course, no. No, any no sort of answer or justification. What's she supposed to say? I mean, how could she justify it? I mean, it's it's blatant and utter hypocrisy. But one, and we'll get to the details. One person who's not buying it is actually Ocasio Cortez, and here I am again, quoting Ocasio Cortez because she called out Biden on Twitter. Now she's wrong in the sense that she's saying, "Well, we cannot use these detention facilities," but she's correct in her suggestion. She didn't say this straight out, but it but but it's clear that uh, Joe Biden is a total hypocrite because here the Democrats are going and they, 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 they literally blasted Trump for this and now Biden is instituting the same policy and nobody should be surprised because it was Obama's policy. But, uh, you know, that's the Democrats, classic Democrats. And that, that's all politicians, but especially Democrats. And Biden actually broke yet another campaign promise where he promised to end use of these facilities. And one thing about Ocasio is, you know, she's so radical and she is going to call out the Biden hypocrisy, the establishment hypocrisy. A lot of these Democrats, you know, they'll blast Trump. And then when Biden does the same thing, suddenly they're silent because he's the president. He's the party leader. So these Democrats, they're just going to go along with whatever Biden does and go along with his hypocrisy and his lies. But Ocasio, she's not. She actually, you know, she's going to as radical and socialist as she is, she's going to call out. She's not going to accept this kind of phony establishment hypocrisy. So yes, her views are very, very dangerous, but at least we're going to hear her calling out Biden and Pelosi and Schumer. And I I certainly do enjoy that very much. So Jen Psaki, here was her response. She was asked about this by Fox's Peter Ducey because we know CNN's not going to ask her about this. And she said, I will read you some of the back and forth here, but she said, quote, this facility in Texas has been revamped. It's been revamped. There are teachers and there are medical facilities. So apparently it's okay to keep children in cages as long as the cages are revamped. We revamped the cages before we put the kids in the cages. And there are teachers. So there are teachers in the cages. Then there's medical facilities in the cages. So it's all good. Yeah, well, Trump was a monster because he kept kids in cages. No, we're doing that too. But it's because his cages were not revamped before he used them. The cages did not have teachers and medical facilities. This is totally outrageous. This is indefensible. And uh, by the way, the number of kids crossing the border for the Mexican border is way, way up. I mean, I'm talking exponentially increased here, the number of children crossing the southern border. Well, let's figure out why. Let's do the math. Oh, yeah, because they know Biden is president, so they know catch and release is back reimposed. They're not going to be sent right back to Mexico and Guatemala the way Trump did. So meanwhile, 
CBP apprehended over 5,800 unaccompanied minors in January, which is way, way up. Last April, it was 741. Now it's 5,871. Let's figure this out. Oh, yeah, because Biden is attracting all sorts of illegals across the border because they know that this is their jackpot ticket. Now, as I said, this was a Trump central theme when they talked about how much of a monster Trump was. They loved to bash him over kids in cages. Now, Peter Ducey of Fox News, here's what he asked Jen Psaki. He said, quote, this is the same facility that was open for a month in 2019. And Joe Biden said under Trump, there have been horrifying scenes at the border of kids being kept in cages. Kamala Harris said babies in cages is human rights abuse. Um, and, and, and Ducey said, how is this different than that? And Psaki said back, she said, we very much feel that way. There's a pandemic going on. I'm sure you're not suggesting that we have children right next to each other in ways that are not COVID safe. So that's Psaki's response. Well, essentially conceding, yeah, there are kids in cages, but it's COVID. So blaming it on COVID because you can always blame everything on COVID. So Ducey said back, quote, I'm suggesting that Kamala Harris said this facility is a human rights abuse. Joe Biden said there are horrifying scenes. And now it's not under Trump. It's under Biden. Great, great job by Peter Ducey. Hopefully she ever calls on him again. And Psaki said back, this is not kids being kept in cages. This is a facility that was open. It's going to follow the same standards other HHS facilities. It's not a replication. That was never our intention of replicating the immigration policies of the past administration. But we're not going to expel unaccompanied minors at the border. That would be inhumane. Hello, she's talking out of all sides of her mouth here and saying this is not kept kids in being kept in cages, but it's the same exact cages that they called cages under Trump and they called a human rights abuse. And then she's going and blaming it on COVID. It's beyond outrageous. And as I said, Biden promised as a candidate to close these facilities. Now he's actually using them, let alone not he's not closing them. I want to quote you a tweet from Ocasio. Quote, it's only two months into this administration and our fraught, unjust immigration system will not transform in that time. That's why bold reimagination is so important. DHS should not exist. That's Homeland Security. Agency should be reorganized. ICE has got to go. Ban for profit detention. Create climate refugee status and more. So, I mean, you know, spew spewing her uh, liberal, radical, socialist agenda saying DHS should be abolished and ICE should be abolished. All right, NBC News, this is another one. I mean, uh, just unreal. I mean, I, w I almost wouldn't believe it, but uh, this was on Fox News and others who reported this. NBC News blasted Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Well, what did he do wrong? He gave the COVID vaccine to seniors. He prioritized seniors in distributing the COVID vaccine. Well, that's just egregious. This NBC News, obviously I'm being sarcastic when I say it's egregious, but NBC News, you cannot make this stuff up. They blasted Governor Ron DeSantis because how dare he give priority to seniors? Who should he give priority to? He should give priority to the minorities. You could be 30 years old, but if you're a minority, you deserve to get the COVID vaccine. 30 and healthy versus somebody who is elderly, frail, and possibly has underlying conditions and is high risk. And so here's the astonishing part is you have the media. They praise Cuomo nonstop for his handling of the of, uh, of the virus. He gave he literally gave COVID to thousands of seniors, yet they're blasting Ron DeSantis for preventing seniors from getting COVID. I, I mean, if we're not listed living in the most twisted society imaginable. So NBC News, they published what's being called an absurd botched hit piece against DeSantis. Because he prioritized, uh, this is like a quote from the article, he prioritized senior citizens, including Holocaust survivors and veterans, and uh, somehow that broke 
the federal guidelines of how to distribute the vaccine. And why did he do it? They say he did it because it's a popular Republican voting bloc. He was trying to appeal to Republican voters. Here he's giving the COVID vaccines to the highest risk population to seniors. And he's doing it for political purposes. That's the NBC News accusation because he knows that seniors vote Republican in Florida. So uh, maybe he actually did it. See, maybe he did it because they're high risk. Is that possible that he did not do it for political purposes? See, the mainstream media and the people on the left, they cannot imagine any politician actually doing something for sincere motivations. It, it always there has to be an ulterior motive. It has to be politics, even when they actually do the right thing. So the piece was entitled, quote, Florida governor accused of playing politics with COVID vaccine. And uh, senior writer for NBC News, Corky Simasco, said that DeSantis ignored federal guidelines, prioritized getting senior citizens the coveted vaccine. And by doing that, he did this just disastrous political maneuver. That uh, that DeSantis, he, you know, he's just evil. Uh, you, you know, did he put people in cages like Biden? No, but, but, but he gave the vaccine to the highest risk people. And everyone knows he's supposed to give it to minorities. You're not supposed to give it to Holocaust survivors. Um, all right, the stimulus package. Did it pass the House? It's going to pass the House. I don't know. The question is really going to be what happens in the Senate. Because obviously in the Senate, you know, they, they don't have the 60 votes. They have exactly 51 votes, um, including Kamala Harris, the tie-breaking vote. The president, Kamala I mean Vice President Kamala Harris or whatever she is. So um, uh, the question is going to be there's something called reconciliation. As you know, I am not going to get into the boring technical like mumbo jumbo of reconciliation and filibuster and all the Senate rules where how do they decide because you really need 60 votes to overcome a filibuster so technically the Republicans senators can filibuster so 50 a simple 51 majority is not enough in the Senate except when there's something called reconciliation which doesn't add to the budget whatever whatever the rules are but they're going to have to try to figure out a way if they want to pass it in the Senate unless they get a bunch of Republicans to agree to vote for it which doesn't seem like it's going to happen because the stimulus package is a disaster this 1.9 trillion dollar monstrosity after they've already spent trillions and trillions and trillions on all these other stimulus packages and this one it's mostly not stimulus. So in large part, this thing is not stimulus. And you're not, you know how you know that this is not a good bill? Even Mitt Romney, even Mitt Romney, the man who I voted to convict President Trump twice in two, impeach, two different impeachment trials, um, and the man who tried to sabotage Trump back in 2016 from winning the nomination, by the way, um, that, that, that same Mitt Romney actually put out an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal blasting this stimulus package. He's saying the way you stimulate the economy is not by giving people more checks. The way you stimulate the economy is by reopening businesses because that's the thing that's causing the economy to tank and to stagnate. But it's also full of wasteful spending. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, which is a nonpartisan think tank, this is according to Breitbart, said this bill contains at least $312 billion of policies that have very little to do, that have little to do with the coronavirus crisis. And by the way, why is there a $15 minimum wage being placed in the stimulus bill, the COVID stimulus package? Can somebody explain that to me? What is $15 minimum wage, which is not going to take full effect until like 2025, even if it passes, would be, a, by the way, it would be a nightmare for, for, you know, for small businesses, for the economy, for jobs. But why is that in this bill that has no business being in this bill, along with many other provisions? There's Obamacare stuff in this bill. Come on. If this is an emergency stimulus package, why not keep it simple? Why not keep it limited to actually being a stimulus package? But um, the Congressional Budget Office uh, analyzed the plan. $700 billion out of the $1.9 trillion will not even be spent in this bill until the year 2022. 2022, so until next year. And, and they're calling this some kind of emergency COVID bill. 
Somebody explain that one. We know the answer because they're filling. They know it has to pass, so they're hijacking the bill. This is what they do. They fill it up with all sorts of, you know, liberal things that they're trying to get passed that they know they can't get passed, and now they know that Congress is for these Democrats are forced to vote in favor of this because it's it's a COVID stimulus package. How could you vote against this? They're going to load it up with their wish list of things that have nothing to do with COVID. Um, meanwhile, billions of education dollars in this bill will not be spent for 10 years, for 10 years. All right. A, a caller makes the point. It's just so frustrating and just so twisted. And I thought he made a great point. There's a caller who calls in a lot, uh, an avid listener, been listening for a long time. And he says, look how twisted everything has become. Where here you have China. China has caused the worst catastrophe in our lifetime. China caused, I mean, unspeakable, immeasurable, massive death and destruction. Any words I use, by definition, diminish and minimize. So I don't like using adjectives when describing the horrific, horrific you know, pandemic that we are facing. Now, it's China's fault. Everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. There is no doubt. There's no debating that it is 100%, well, maybe 97% China because China knew about it. They knew about it very early on. Let's assume that it came from innocently from a bat, somebody eating a bat in China. China knew about it. They knew how deadly it was, and they could have contained it. They did not contain it. In fact, they did the opposite of contain it. They covered it up. So best case scenario, best case scenario, and there are estimates that it had China prevented it, it could have prevented like 95% of the cases around the world. That's the best case scenario where it came about innocently, you know, not through any kind of nefarious, malicious intent, and, um, and all China did, not all to minimize, but what China did was cover it up, not allow people to know about it, let it spread all over the world to their benefit, by the way, because it was their benefit to tank the rest of the rest of the world economy because their economy was clearly tanking due to the virus. That is the best case scenario. Much more likely, in my opinion, is that it came from the Wuhan lab. Now, whether that means that China actually manipulated this virus and turned it into a deadly virus, which there is speculation and there's certainly basis for believing that and nobody would put it past China to me they're guilty until proven innocent that's obvious but the other scenario is they, that we know they were doing research in the labs on all these viruses. they had these all these viruses these uh you know dangerous bat viruses uh in their lab that is documented that is well known in fact there was an american team that went to inspect that lab in wuhan years ago and said, this is dangerous, a leak could happen, this could be a very, very deadly scenario. They said that it wasn't being equipped properly, it wasn't being properly protected, safety precautions, measures. So uh, that's, to me, the most likely scenario is that China was experimenting with this thing, researching this thing, and it got let out, and that's due to actual China's own negligence. But any of those scenarios, China is 100% squarely to blame, and yet no consequences were protecting them, even President Trump, I don't know why he did not punish China, put the repercussions on them. But uh, we know that Biden's not going to do a thing. And, and China just gets protected for what, for whatever absurd reason the world needs them. They can't be an enemy, whatever. But it's just so, so sad to watch Cuomo responsible for thousands of deaths in nursing homes. Then he covered it up. I mean, I mean, Cuomo is just just a horrific person. He wins awards. So. Cuomo, we're not seeing any repercussions. Let's wait and see. Maybe, maybe we'll get something, but I'm not holding my breath. China, zero repercussions, zero punishment. And yet, Trump, who gets impeached? Second time, as the caller points out. It's 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 Trump. By the way, I, I have to, somebody corrected me, so I have to issue a correction. Um, 
I said that uh, Richard Nixon, last show I was talking about him, presidents were impeached once and not twice, because only getting impeached twice is bad, not once, if you ask the Democrats. But um, Richard, Richard Nixon was not impeached. We know Richard Nixon was not impeached. He would have been impeached, but he resigned before he had a chance to be impeached. Uh, Andrew Johnson, I believe, was the other, other than Clinton and Trump. Andrew Johnson was the other president who was impeached. But getting back to this, so you have Cuomo, you have China. They could just walk away, no problems, but Trump. Trump gave a speech. He got impeached for giving a speech, as the caller rightfully points out. The speech was like this public speech. It was public televised speech. It's all over the Internet. Anybody can watch this speech. And why are they always impeaching Trump? And they're always accusing Trump of committing crimes in full view where everybody can watch. I mean, it's not it's not like, you know, it's not like he was impeached because like they discovered some kind of secret underground speech that he gave to, to these radical white right wing groups uh, telling them to storm the Capitol, be violent. And this was like beyond public. This uh, And what did he say in that speech? He said, you will peacefully protest in the Capitol. You will peacefully march in the Capitol. He used the word peacefully. Well, did he incite violence? Did he tell people to be violent? Did he talk about guns? Did, did he talk about marching? I mean, did, did he talk about attacking any of those things? No, he did not. So what happens? He's the one who gets impeached. The man has nothing to hide. It was public as can be. He's totally transparent. He, he, he's very he's not shy about these things. And he, well, so if you ask the Democrats, I mean, they, why do they impeach him? They impeach him because they wanted to impeach him. But if you ask them, they'll say, well, you got to piece it together. Yeah, he didn't actually technically say anything. Well, how do you incite a riot without saying anything? Well, no, because it's a whole big, if you look at the big puzzle, it's a puzzle. You look at this piece and that piece and this. Well, what's the puzzle? Well, he talked about the election being stolen. Well, he thought the election was stolen. There's ample evidence the election was stolen. He talked about fighting. Oh, he talked about fighting. Well, every politician on the planet talks about fighting pretty much. Well, no, but you don't understand. He, he, he simmered it and he brooded and, he, and they'll come up with all sorts of words how Trump secretly plotted and he wanted to bring down the Capitol. Well, how about just looking at the words that he said in the speech that he gave and the fact that he said peaceful and the fact that he did not any say anything, encourage any sort of violence in any, in any way? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, no, but we figured it out. He secretly, if you look at every third word, put, piece together every third word that he said in that speech and then read it backward, then it says, you know, like, uh, uh, I think you should march on the Capitol and, uh, you know, I, I, I think you should attack Nancy Pelosi's laptop. I mean, it's 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 just absurdity. It is just it, it is just beyond out, out, outrageous. And, and I mean, whatever, it, you know, we could go on now, but I thought that was a great point. There is a criminal in Baltimore, but that was the juxtaposition was China, no punishment to China. They're too big to fail. They're too big to be punished. Cuomo, we're not going to punish Cuomo. What about the nursing homes? What about the cover-up? He's a Democrat. Oh, but Trump, oh, Trump incited a riot. Where did he incite a riot? Because he told people to peacefully go into the Capitol. One criminal in Baltimore says that the way to stop crime, get this, is to pay criminals, pay criminals not to commit the crime. Hey, Mr. Criminal, here's some money. Why are you giving me this? I don't want you to shoot that person. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, once again, you cannot make this up. That's our third one for the day. Uh, at age 15, Tyree Moorhead, this was in Breitbart, was convicted of second-degree murder. After serving 18 years in prison, he now dedicates his time to creating no-shoot zones across Baltimore, and Moorhead now has a novel approach to fighting crime. He says, pay the people who are the most likely to commit the crimes not to commit the crimes. Here's a quote from Tyree Moorhead. I've talked to these people. I've seen the shooters. It is a small city. Uh, I know who they are. And guess what they want? They want money. 
end quote. So this is the plan, is pay them. You find people who are most likely to commit crimes and to shoot people and give them money. Not What what happens if they shoot somebody anyway? Do, do, do we get our money back? How, how exactly does this work? Um, a caller asked me the following question. This I recognize the caller's voice. You know, He, he calls a lot, and uh, he's always got some great points. But in this one, I, I'm going to have to, I guess, disagree or defend myself here because I was blasting the Joe Biden and the Democrat President Joe Biden and the Democrats because of their plan to this, uh, you know, to increase the, the child tax credit, which is not at all a child tax credit. You know, they, they, they basically what they do is right now they give a thousand dollars right now. They give, I guess, fourteen hundred dollars back. If somebody has children, they get fourteen hundred dollars. But the reason it's not a tax credit, as I explained last time, is because people who don't pay any taxes are getting it. So we're actually paying people money to have if they have a child, even if they're not paying taxes. I'm fine with it with a tax credit. But when you're getting a tax credit, you didn't pay any taxes. Guess what that is? That's a government handout. You're not actually paying the tax and then getting the tax removed. You're actually not paying any taxes. So let's say you earned $20,000 a year. You're keeping that $20,000. And now we're actually giving you $1,400 in addition. Where are we getting that money from? We're getting it from a hardworking taxpayer who doesn't have kids or his kids are too old or whatever. He made he made more money than that, so he gave he paid taxes. So we're literally paying tax. Now it's redistribution of wealth, plain and simple. Hope that's clear. So Biden now wants to increase it to like 3000 or 3600 or whatever. And, uh, you know, we we, we were outraged at, at, at Joe Biden. And uh, the caller said, well, why was I not outraged when under the Trump tax bill, the Trump tax bill back in 2017, the Republicans, they did the same type of thing. They increased the tax credit from $1,000 to $1,400, meaning the amount that you get regardless, regardless of whether you have, uh, whether you paid any taxes or not, you're getting $1,400 back from the government per child. That, that number was raised by the Republicans, was increased, so that the, the, they are basically doing this government handout as well. Why was I not outraged when the Republicans did it? Why was I only outraged when the Democrats did it? I don't know if the caller heard my shows back in 2017, and uh, he doesn't remember. Maybe he didn't hear them. Maybe he was assuming. I don't know. But he said, but, but, but it's so funny because I absolutely did blast President Trump and the Republicans for that. One thing you all know about me is... If the Republicans and even if Trump, if they deserve to be bashed, I will bash them, especially when they go against conservative values. And I was very upset. I recall, I believe I recall reading a Wall Street Journal op-ed and the Wall Street Journal op-ed literally blasted saying, saying, why are you increasing this child tax credit, which is not a child tax credit at all, because what you're doing is you're giving it to somebody who didn't even pay any taxes. And, 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 and that's just an absurd policy. That's not a conservative policy. It's a government handout. It's a liberal policy, and I absolutely did blast it. If there's somebody has some kind of recording or something where I was not blasting it, I don't know how you have a recording of me not blasting it, but I guess if you have me praising it or something. Now, overall, the tax bill I liked. I didn't love it. I, I, I really, really liked the fact that it, uh, you know, it heavily reduced cor- corporate tax rate because that was way, way too high, and that certainly boosted the economy. By the way, there is more income tax revenue ever since the Trump tax plan. We were told how the Trump tax bill passed. We were told how that was going to crush um, tax revenue because uh, it, it lowered taxes by so much. And that didn't happen at all, you know, because when you give businesses back their money, they pass it along to consumers. They pass it along to their employees, et cetera. It stimulates the economy. Cutting taxes stimulates the economy. This has been proven time and again. But anyway, uh, I, I definitely did. I was very outraged when the Republicans did it. And um, if, again, any if anybody recalls differently, please let me know. 
You can email me, thejewishnewschannel at gmail.com about that or anything on your mind, T-H-E, jewishnewschannel at gmail.com. Uh, some news on Iran. The head of the IAEA, um, the UN nuclear watchdog, Rafal Grossi, he says that Iran is going to allow less access to UN inspectors than they were allowing before to their nuclear sites. Less access. Well, why would that be? Well, because they found the uranium traces, the traces of uranium, uranium particles, which were previously undisclosed by Iran, these secret uranium particles. So, of course, Iran is going to now deny them access. They don't want any more of that happening. And because Iran gets to do whatever they want, because they know there won't be any repercussions. The only repercussions came from Trump, and now it's Biden. So Iran basically free and clear. Now Biden's talking about rejoining the bogus Obama nuclear deal. But here's the thing. you know, They're going to have less access. The UN inspectors, they had pitifully little access Already, where, where, where was they? They have almost no access. So they're even going to have less access. Is that what you're trying to tell me? I mean, I, I didn't even think that was possible. Joe Biden is restoring ties with the Palestinians. Of course, we know there was a lot of friction between President Trump and the Palestinians because Trump treated the Palestinians the way they, they deserve to be treated, like a bunch of worthless terrorists who, you know, do, just do nothing. They have a corrupt leadership and uh, they they have they, they, they do nothing to contribute to society. They're just just this worthless worthless group anyway uh biden is restoring ties with the palestinians of course as predicted he also wants to rejoin the un human rights council which the un the human rights council which of course trump got out of nikki haley got out of by the way nikki haley bashed president trump which i thought was interesting i don't know why exactly what her motivation was there um but uh now biden wants to rejoin the UN Human Rights Council. What is that human right? Well, does it protect human rights? No, quite the opposite. It protects Iran and China, the most vicious, abusive violators of human rights. I mean, you know what China, China, the atrocities they're guilty of? And the UN Human Rights Council, they protect those countries and they bash Israel. That's pretty much what their whole existence is all about. The Supreme Court has rejected a request by Trump's lawyers to prevent... Um, the Trump tax returns from being obtained by the Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance. So essentially, the Supreme Court has paved the way. The uh, Trump tax returns are now going to be subpoenaed and, and apparently going to be obtained by the Manhattan DA. And of course, we know there's all sorts of criminal probes going on against Trump in his financial dealings. And they want to they want to get it. They want to put Trump and they want to put Don Jr. in jail. This is what they want to do. They want to prosecute Trump. They want to find you know some kind of. They've been trying to do this for a long time. Um, it's being fought out in the courts, of course. But they want to somehow come up with some kind of crime that uh, they can indict President Trump for. Keep an eye on that. A federal judge has extended his ban on Joe Biden's executive order halting all deportations. So, of course, President Biden tried to halt deportations. A federal judge already banned that executive order and, uh, you know, essentially put a stop to it, halted that executive order. And now it's been indefinitely extended. His halt, his ban has been extended indefinitely. Originally, it was temporary. U.S. District Court Judge Drew Tipton, he placed an indefinite ban on the enforcement of Biden's memorandum ordering the suspension of all deportations for 100 days. That's according to Fox News. A Joe Biden nominee for the State Department has actually worked for a group that stoked anti-Semitism. Why am I not surprised? President Biden's nominee to lead the State Department's Democracy and Human Rights Division 
worked on a research project at one point that accused the Israel lobby of manipulating U.S. policy. Uzra Zaya, a career diplomat who um, worked for Richard, this is according to the Washington Free Beacon, Richard Curtis's organization, 1989-1990. The organization was the American Educational Trust, and they published a book back then accusing the Israel lobby of not caring about the U.S., only caring about Israel. It's like, you know, the old dual loyalty accusation. Sounds a lot like Elon Omar. And um, this woman who now has been, uh, as I said, nominated to lead the Biden State Department's Democracy and Human Rights Division. She's credited in the acknowledgement section of the book. Here's a quote from the book. The book was written by Richard Curtis. It was called Stealth Packs, How Israel's American Lobby Took Control of the U.S. Middle East Policy in 1990. Here's a quote. The inevitable public perception is such ardent supporters of Israel have no real interest in making the U.S. a better place for all of its citizens, but only in making Israel a more secure and prosperous place for the Jews. Okay, and uh, she's uh, given a credit in the acknowledgement section of the book, and now she's going to work for the Biden State Department. That's very comforting. The International Criminal Court, the ICC, which is just an egregious, vicious um, agency. It calls itself a court. It's not a court. And uh, they're trying, of course, to get Israel. So they have ruled that their jurisdiction extends to the territories that are, quote, occupied by Israel from the 1967 war. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to pave the way, clear the way for the chief prosecutor on the ICC to open a war crimes investigation into Israeli military actions back in 2014. They want to accuse Israel of committing war crimes in 2014 against the Palestinians. It's absurd. We know anything the Israelis do uh, against the Palestinians, they don't do enough, and they're constantly getting bombarded with rockets and terrorist attacks and fire, those fire incendiary balloons and everything else. But it's all self-defense, and Israel bends over backward to not harm innocent Palestinians, to warn them ahead of time of attacks, to get them out of the area, not harm any civilians, uh, despite being constantly under threat of suicide bombers, terrorists, and as I said, all those other attacks. And yet somehow the Israelis are guilty, the Palestinians are the victims. It's outrageous. But the ICC, they have no jurisdiction over this. This is the thing, is the ICC, there's nothing that gives them any kind of power. It's just, it's all made up, it's all fabricated. So if you're part of them, if you like buy into them, you're a partner in the ICC, then you're covered under them willingly. But like they can't just impose themselves. So the problem is that the Israelis are not, uh, do not fall under their jurisdiction. They're not a member. The Palestinians... They're not a nation. They're not a country. They can't join the ICC. So this is pure politics and anti-Semitism, of course. And finally, President Biden issued, no, you'll, you'll never believe this, another executive order. What? Another? Yes. What is that? 54, 55? I lost count. But Biden has issued another executive order. This one, and this one is just terrible. It revokes, you know, anything that Trump did, Biden's reversing. It's irrelevant if it, if it was good or not. I mean, I, I, I would venture to say that 99% of Trump's uh, actions and executive orders were phenomenal. But obviously Biden's not going to quite agree with me, but there are some that even Democrats believe in, like this one. But um, it's revoking Trump's apprenticeship program. Remember, we reported on this, Trump's apprenticeship program, which basically created a lot more job opportunities, especially an alternative for colleges, an apprenticeship program. It's a great alternative to college. We know Democrats cannot stand um, giving people an alternative where they don't need to graduate college because Democrats love colleges. They're obsessed with colleges. The Washington Post actually basically said this apprenticeship program had bipartisan support at the time 
because it allowed industries to have certified apprenticeships and basically train people to get hired and do jobs without a lot of government oversight, without needing direct government involvement, and as I said, without needing a college degree. And Joe Biden rescinded this. Why? Well, because he wants there to be more government control over apprenticeship programs. This basically gave indi private industries the ability to make these apprenticeships without requiring the government to go and orchestrate the whole thing and, and, and the government to certify it and everything else. So Biden is not happy because he wants the government to have more control. Classic liberalism, make sure that the government micromanages everything so that they, make, they can basically hurt businesses and make sure the program is geared to minorities, help colleges and universities thrive and everything else. So Biden rescinded it. Where is the media? Why is no, we know the answer, but why is nobody calling him out? This was a good program. This helped people get jobs. There's nothing, this wasn't like a Trump program. This wasn't like a, some kind of radical conservative policy. You know, this wasn't going to hurt minorities in any way. This helped people get jobs more easily. What possible justification is this except that, oh, well, there wasn't enough government oversight. We need, we need the government to be involved so that they can ruin it undoubtedly which is that's what the government does they ruin it we got to turn this apprenticeship from being some good private industry program to being the dmv that's going to do it for today and we will see you next time